With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we get into our season wrap-up with Noel Mazzoni, I want to remind you to go to glazierclinics.com win to register for our sweepstakes, which is recognizing and honoring our fifth year anniversary coming up on December 12th. On December 12th, we'll award the winner who will receive a package of two flights, hotel, rental car, plus a Glazier season pass for your staff. Again, go to glazierclinics.com win to register. All right, coaches, so we're back with one last episode here for the season with Coach Noel Mazzoni, and today we're going to focus on what you do as a coordinator to wrap up the season, how you look at things. You know, we accumulate all that data through the season. We have all these reports we can run, and so what do we do with that, and where do we go next? So, Noel, first of all, uh, thanks for joining me the whole season. It's It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, Keith. To you as well. It's been a lot of fun, though, so I appreciate all the time you've you've given. I know you've had a lot of things pop up. It's been an interesting season for you as well, but yep. I think a lot of fun along the way. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. We'll do it again next year. Yeah, well, it, as long as you're not somewhere coordinating an offense, I'd love to have you back anytime, of course. Oh, no, I'd rather just do podcasts with you every Monday than do that. Come on. <laughs> there, there's some benefits to it, Coach. You get to watch ball yes. all weekend. Yes. You know, drink some beer, have yep. some chips, and then on Monday yep. you just talk about ball. Exactly. So, Coach, we're going to talk about the wrap-up of the season. And you have all those things you look at during the season, but now it's the time to do more than the self-scout. It's to put all that together and, and take a look at overall how did we do and where do we go from here. So, in looking at that, what's the first thing you start to do to, to get this process going? Oh, man, after a, a couple of weeks, hopefully you're in a bowl game or something, right? And and then the hard thing is in college, though, is that you hit recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. So you really don't – so you really don't get really back into football till after the signing date, which is the first Wednesday in February. And then a lot of times you're getting ready to gear up for spring ball, which is sometimes the last week in February to the first of March. So there's not as much time as you always think you have, Right. right? Uh, because you're, you're got your staff, your guys are all out on the road, everybody's recruiting, and there's Christmas, and then, you know, you're back, and you're making that last final push for your recruits, and usually there's a couple of days off after signing day to take a little break, and then you come back. So, really, you really start to, to rev it back up 
And, you know, I, I've always, you know, and it's probably to my detriment at times, but I never, I like, I don't really want to get paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. at times. I don't want to overthink the whole thing. I don't want to, you know, I mean, you could go, you could go pick apart any offense you want with film and, and, and come out countless reasons why, why we weren't good here or good there, or whatever. All right. So I'm more like, okay, what are we good at? All right. These are the things we really do a good job with. This is who we kind of are, you know, not the things we do bad. I don't know if that makes sense, but right. okay, we're a really good pin and pull team, or we're a really good quick game team, or we're really good. I mean, that's where, where what our guys do well. And so then I start looking at, okay, so how do I complement those things? Because I don't want to just add stuff to add stuff. So that's I kind of start back when I get the guys to make the cutups and all that is, all right, are we a good tight zone team? Give me the stats on that. That's something we're going to run. All right, so let's – Let's go through there, find the things that gave us promise. Maybe it's the exchange on the backside of zone read. Maybe it's twist on the front side. All right. So this is who I am because this, these are what people are doing to me because they know who I am also. Right. All right. So how, how do I fix those problems or how do I have an answer to the problems they're creating for me? I don't know if that made sense to you, but it, it does. When you look at some of those things that, Obviously, you said you're going to build on your strength, but some of those problems you do have to solve. What's that process? Yes. Are you looking for who can we go and talk to? Are you looking within the staff or what's going to be the process for you where you find that information, you find those things that are going to help you? Right. So to me, it's always gather information, process the information, all right, then discuss information. So I kind of go along it that way. So number one is let's gather all the information we can. So just like how I do a game plan, right? Hey, we got a real issue in the mid-red zone, or we got, you know, we need to look at ourselves and our play action off of in our spread sets or whatever. All right, I want you two guys, receiver coach and the, you know, slot coach or whatever. I want you, I want you to just start, you know, gathering as much information as you can about that. Colleges, NFL film, whatever you can, right? Come up with some good things. All right, then process that information for us. And then, and then when we get together, let's look at what you've got. Look at where the things that you think can uh, that can add to what we do in our play action game, say in, in two by two, whatever it is, right? Then you do the same thing in a run game with your running back coach and your old line coach. So I kind of still always even break that up like I do a game plan mm-hmm. and give guys tasks, all right, to gather information. I mean, I'm kind of a video junkie. I mean, I love to just watch other offenses and sometimes it's to the detriment of our offense because I. I have too much stuff, and so I always try to fight against coming in and having too much. And it's got to fit our system too. Right. Just like anybody, you're going to grow. You know, every offense grows as the longer you're at some place, and then it's also going to adjust because then now here comes the ace in the hole or the wild card in this whole thing is. All right. Once you've decided that, all right. Now you got to decide. Okay how is my personnel changing and how is that going to change who I am offensively? I just went from Brett Hundley to Josh Rosen. Went from a dual threat guy to a straight pure drop back guy. Okay. What adjustments do I have to make for him in the offense? I'm not putting a whole new offense, but I need to, maybe I need to be in more, you know, more kind of a, a man on the backside instead of zone read stuff. Like I did with Brett, with Josh and let him throw the ball in those situations instead of pulling and reading. Maybe I need to be more of a, you know, move the pocket. I don't know. 
But so those are all the things, you know, I want to look at and get it done because I want to start the first of spring with those things. Anything I'm adjusting on the offense, I want to start with, with in the first of spring. So that gives me a month, 15 practices of seeing, okay, how's this fitting? How's this fit into the offense? So when you're looking at, at personnel, for you, is there a, a starting point? Do you look at one position first and say, okay, this is the type of personnel we have here, so I'm going to start to build everybody else around it? And what's the process for saying, we're going to look at these guys first, and then we're going to see how what they can do, and then we're going to see what these guys can do, et cetera? Because you have to obviously evaluate the whole thing and, and, and put it all together in a way that's going to work for them. Yeah, well, I mean, the given is your quarterback, right? Because he drives the boat. He's got the keys to the car. What are his strengths and weaknesses? What does he do well? How much information can he process? Is he a three-year starter? Is he going to be a, is he a freshman you're planning on starting? That's where it all starts. Okay, who's the next guy after him? So I got number one is you look at your quarterback room. All right, what do I have in my in my offense in the system that kind of fill the needs of, of that group in the quarterback room? To me, it's like every sport, right? You build your sport from the middle out. If you're in basketball, you better have a point guard and a center. If you're in baseball, you better have a catcher, a pitcher, and a center fielder, right? Uh, same thing. You better have a, you better have a running back, a quarterback, and then you start building at center, you know, offensive line out. So you start to kind of look at who you are from the inside out first. And then as you get outside, then there, it's just a matter of you got a big tall guy that's body control receiver, you know, to body up, make the body catches, not real fast, whatever. Okay, how, where does he fit? Okay, I got a real fast little slot. Where does he fit? I need a tight end. Okay, is he a move tight end or is he an inline tight end? So you need to evaluate who you've got because at the end of the day, you've got to ask these guys to do things, and I need to ask those guys to do things that are, that are in their skill set. I'm not going to throw a 245-pound tight end in line and ask him to run 24 powers in a game plan. And just try to double, you know, base nine techniques and double sevens off to the backside backer and do all that kind of stuff. All right. So you've got to do a good job evaluating your talent. Okay. What are their skill sets? All right. And then how's that fit into the, into my offense? I know ideally every offense has a starting point where we're going to start our attack here. We're going to run and base everything off of a certain play. Let's say for me at one point, it was, you know, the, the stretch play, right? We were going we were gonna to build off the stretch play. Everything kind of came off of that for us. That was the, the way we thought about it until our guy wasn't, our next guy wasn't necessarily the stretch runner. He was more of an inside zone runner. So things started to turn around. What's the, what's the, the way you start to build that thought process of that plan of attack, right? Because every year is a little bit different because of the personnel sometimes, because of what you might face, et cetera, but... Thought, thought processes, how do you start to build those for the next season? I'm with you 100%. You have to be known for something, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be known as a guy that has the 50 best offensive plays in my game plan. So who are you? Right? And just like you said, hey, we are a stretch team. All right? So now I can start to build the offense off the stretch play. I can start building different formations, the motions, my play action, my screen game. You know, you keep building. Because to me – offensive plays are are you're you're building you build plays to protect the play you really want to call so if they hold a gun to your head i'm sure when you were a stretch guy and then they held a gun to your head and said call a play you were going to call stretch yeah, yeah okay so 
So, okay, what are the things that defense is doing? Because they know that too, Keith. That D coordinator yeah. probably making more money than you are. And he knows what you are. He knows he's got to stop stretch. Yeah. All right? How is he stopping stretch? Okay, is he slanting? Is he running fire zone? Is he rolling the coverage down? Is You know, what are his tells? What's he doing to stop stretch? Okay, so now you got to have the answer. Okay, well, if he's doing this to stop stretch, then I'm com- then here's my here's 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 one A. Oh, here's one B. Okay, and then here's one C. So now you st- now that starts to build your offense, right? You do that. And I think you do that in, in everything. Okay, I'm, we're a snag team, right? Three man snag or two man snag in the boundary. Okay, you start to you start to build off that. Day. Everybody knows in the world I'm going to throw two man three by one two man snag in the boundary. Well, here's the things they're going to do. They're going to roll the cover two. They're going to press the X, you know, they're going to pressure, you know, okay. So if that's how they're going to stop my play, all right, here's my answers. So and that's how it kind of hits my brain. I just, I, that's how I think offense gets built. Coach, I was thinking back to it. It used to be easy before all this digital stuff and all these virtual clinics and everything, you know, there would be, when I was a high school coach, there'd be, you know, the, the the uh, Greater Cleveland Coaches Association Clinic. There'd be the uh, the Ohio one, and then there'd be a couple glaciers in the area. Yeah, you know, yeah. you'd go to all those, and you'd see. Uh, I mean, for me, it was it was you know some recon too. What where are my opponents going? Who are they listening to? And what ideas are they sharing there? I mean, my guys yeah. were assigned to do that much, you know, just as much as go learn something. Is hey, what's our opponent interested in? You know, watch that guy. Exactly. How hard is he taking notes in certain sections? What might show up against us? So it's not as yeah. easy today, although, you know, uh, you could look and see who's in those virtual rooms with you. But you do have to think about what might be the ways and in looking at clinics, looking what's out there, looking at the trends. I mean, you can you can actually pick up a lot of um, maybe what might become popular at certain levels by seeing What's everybody talking about in the clinics next year? So I think you have to start to think ahead too. what might be the answers. How are they going to stop this? How would I stop it? So from that standpoint, how do you go about, I guess, kind of ascertaining that information? It's funny you say that because 2009, 2010 is when I really started getting into the zone read RPO world in tempo. Okay. Now, and I could think, you know, a handful of guys, you know, Dana and Summy and and really Hal and those guys, they weren't as much tempo, but they had their whole air raid deal. They're really not a tempo, tempo team as much as those. So there weren't a lot of people doing it, right? Right. Spread tempo going fast, boom, 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 not a lot of plays. And then the RPO, which we started with the draw stick, and then I started with the pin and pull with the slants on the backside. Now it's a staple in just about everybody's offense. So you're always trying to stay ahead of the curve because the defense is going to catch you at some point. Right. I mean, hell, who knows? Three years from now, we, we might all be back in the wing T. Who knows, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, not, not, now, now it's going to be tempo wing T. How to, how, to, how to play tempo, how to stop tempo wing T. And the defense will catch up. So it's just this vicious cycle that, that keeps going. But to answer, answer your question is it, because there, cause we are an age of information now, and you're right. I can remember when I would save my per diem money so I could drive five hours and listen to Buck Nystrom talk about, <laughs> or Joe Bugle talk about freaking inside zone, right? And sit at a clinic with, with you know, another 100 guys or 200 guys. Well, now I'm sitting on my, I'm sitting on my computer. 
by Monday, I have every NFL game played, offense, defense. I have every college game played, every conference, everybody sitting right on my computer. And I can watch all the film I want to watch on all these guys. So there's so much information out there right now than it used to be. You have to, you just have to really go work for that stuff, Keith. Oh yeah. You know, go to clinics and listen to guys. You know, oh my God, June Jones is talking about, uh, or how Mummy's talking about mesh at uh, you know at the clinic in San Antonio. We got to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, YouTube, Coach Tube. It's just there's so much information out there. We're an age of information. So uh, there's not a lot of secrets left, I guess, is my point. Right. You can figure out the trends a little bit. You watch what, obviously, your opponent did, and you watch how they were hurt, too, right? When you're looking back at that, I mean, you know they're going to fix their issues as well. So if you were hurting them with a particular play, uh, you, you might want to think about whether, what the compliments are, right? We really gashed this team with the zone read this past year. And what's going to be their answers? They're certainly not just going to sit out there and let me do it again. Probably the worst, you know, because I'm, I'm getting a little bit older, my ego or what I'm stubborn, or whatever. But come on, I was in the Pac-12 for at UCLA, ASU, and U of A. So what, probably 10, 11 years? You don't think every defensive guy in Pac-12 knew what the hell I was doing? Probably knew all my signals, right? <laughs> so you know, and I'm wondering why the hell, you know, why things aren't working. So you got to think about that. Like they're pretty smart on the other side of the ball too. So what are you doing? And to me, it's a fine line that you don't become have too much volume, and you ha- you change too much and and lose who you are. All right. So you got to be a little bit creative. It is that pendulum that swings back and forth. And I know somewhere in in my library here, my shelf of all these things, I and I've been looking for it actually, is Homer Smith's little little book he wrote on on the history. It's the one I can't finish. I have his two minute, and then I got his like sixteen other, you know, self published. I think he was putting them together out on his own and sending them out. How about this one? I have a because when you move, right? When you get fired, you find a lot of shit. <laughs> when you get hired or fired, you find a lot of stuff you didn't know you had. Because you, because you know, you, you, it's you threw it in a box and threw it in your closet. Then you got to move and you look through it and say, "Oh yeah." So I was leaving up from Tucson. I found from, oh my gosh, nineteen, I want to say eighty something, late eighties. All right, University of Florida Gators quarterback manual with all his all the notes I took from Mike Shanahan. Wow. That's <laughs> like, this is awesome, right? So I found that I got all my notes on there. I listed the clinic. In some way, I got his quarterback manual. So that's the stuff that kind of formed us as coaches, right? Right. I was reading what Mike Shanahan's doing. Okay, I'm going to do what Mike Shanahan does. Yeah, it's it's definitely changed a little bit with the, the access that everybody has. I Like I said, it kind of was who came through your clinic circuit and what were they talking about, right? And that, that might be – the, the flavor of the day that everybody jumps on and they're trying to do in your area, but it, it's definitely changed now. Keith, I used to do a one when I was at Auburn, so this would have been 99. I used to do a, a first one back clinic I went to was Mike Price up at Washington State. Uh-huh. So I did one at Auburn in 99. And these were just all quarterback coaches or offensive coordinators, right? So here, here I invite these guys because I go and I, I would. I would go at the stats and I would watch games. I'd go, okay, who's really doing a great job running screens? I would call them up and invite them down. 
who's doing a great job of running inside zone or zone read or whatever, whoever, who's doing that good. Let's, let's bring him down. And you had to be a one back guy. Right. And I mean, that's the first meeting who showed up was like, like Chip Kelly, Larry Fedora, Jack McNeil. I mean, the names were like, like all these guys. And we were just all trying to learn how to be a one back team. I took a similar approach for me. And I, I can't remember. It's probably around, 2003 and and I switched from thinking I needed to to be a schemer and learn how to scheme everything up and realize that you know my players need something to hang their hat on they need the repetition they need to understand all the answers and so my off seasons really became studying one thing right it might be the zone running game another year it was play action off the zone running game another year it was four verticals and you know as crazy as it sounds like you can spend I had from and this is before the digital age I had a four inch binder on all the notes I took on everything I could find on the people I could talk to the wow. I sat in <laughs> the the videos which at the time some were VHS some were DVDs or certainly weren't digital on just the zone running game and all the different ways that you could could think about running the zone, the techniques. I mean, so many variations in anything you might want to think of that you're going to have to to go through that, learn all that, and decide, like, this is the way we're going to do it. Right. Because even with any one of those plays, there's all kinds of variations. People do it different ways. Sure. You, know, you talk sure. about inside zones. Some guys are more focused on running tracks. Other guys are more focused on getting the combinations. You know, what are you going to be? What do you believe in? So I, I got to that point where – that that's how I approached the off season is is studying that one thing and really knowing that. Answer me this question, okay? This is the realization I've come to, right? So everybody pretty much has all the information. So how can some guys take that information and be successful, very successful, and other guys take the same information and not be successful? So that to me is back to okay, we all got the information. But how is it being coached? How is it being practiced? And how is it getting called? Because that's the only denominators left. So the old Chip Kelly, right? Schemes don't win football games. Attitudes win football games. How you practice wins football games. Exactly. You know, all those things. So I think there's so much more into, into to me at least, there's been in the last few years, not so much plays, plays or plays. There's a billion guys smarter than me out there about plays. But to me, it's okay. How do guys train their players and get this information to their players? How do they practice it? You know, how do they signal it? All the stuff we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, right? And then I really like, I really like to even study like as an off season uh, when I watch film is what's this guy's thoughts? You know, like I look at it like on uh, P and tens, first and tens, second longs, red zone, not the plays he's running. All right, but what are, what concepts? What's he thinking here? Where's he going with his his thoughts as a play caller? Something you hit on there. I think everything can be traced back to how you practice it and how you teach it. And we've we've spent a lot of time talking about all those things. And those are the the questions I find myself asking more than anything. I've done the series with DJ Elliott on defense, and you know the the question I always get to is, well, how do you install that? What what's the thought process? How do you get your players to think that way? And I think that has to be 
a part of your approach as you're you're looking to expand what you're doing yes. in certain areas or maybe change or make some adjustments is learning the practice part because I saw it too and and really it was for me when I became a college coach and I was recruiting and I go out on Friday nights and I watched two teams playing and and you could tell the playbook was exactly the same for both teams but as you said one team somehow got got all the details they needed and they were doing it right and the other team was so far off from that Yes. Yes. Isn't it crazy? But it is, you can go and study these pictures on the board, these diagrams, but you better understand exactly how you get to that, that point, what happens on, right. you know, those are static pictures. What happens along the way? What's going to change? And how do you prepare your team for it? How do you practice? I think that's the important part. This is like an unnamed school I'm going to talk about here. Okay. Unnamed. Right. But like I'd watch them play and I go, oh, my God, how do these guys play so fast, all right? How do they line up and play so – because I think I play fast, but I don't play near as fast as these guys do on their tempo plays, right? So I happen to be someplace, wherever I was, running to one of the guys from that from that school, and we're just having a beer bullshitting and all that, and I never thought about it before. I go, what, it must be all your, all your communication is one words like we've talked about, or, you know, formationally, how do you get them to line up so quick and all that? He said, yeah, there's something in that. you got to have a good communication system, obviously, if you're going to play fast. He says, but, no, he says the main thing is, he says, we ne- during practice, we never turn the film off, and we practice the in-between plays procedure harder than we actually do the plays mm-hmm. when they watch film right and all of a sudden that makes complete sense to me i mean you, you got to train your guys when that whistle's blowing they need to be trained not only from the snap to the whistle but you have to train them just as hard from post whistle to the next snap yes jumping up handing the ball how do you get how, how, how are you getting a signal are you just standing there with your arms open looking for somebody on the sideline you know are you getting someplace quickly How's it getting communicated to the old line? You know, so that kind of made sense to me. Like, man, you got to coach, you got to coach it. Everything it's just as hard. Yeah, that that's a great point. That if you are going to be a tempo team, you probably shouldn't be stopping the camera between plays, right? No, you, no. you have Let to it keep go. it going because that's a big part of what you do. They ought to be graded just as hard in that post snap as they are snap. Right. So I asked Chip this once too. I said, I said, how do you, because, you know, in scout team, you know, you call a play and, you know, you're practicing the tempo now. So, so after the play's over, how do you work on that? And he goes, how do you stop the running back from running 40 yards and you're waiting for the uh, running back to run back and get back in the formation? So you, can, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Your, your running back coach is bitching his guys because he wants them to finish and run 40 yards, you know, through the, all the levels of the defense before, you know, he stops. But then you're putting the ball down and you want to get, so we're all waiting for the running back to get back or the receiver that just ran the goal out. I go, he goes, can you control it with the whistle? Mm-hmm. So even though he's going to break it, everybody's blocked who they're supposed to, everybody's doing a band. The whistle blows, they know they got to line up again. So, I'm, you know, there's all those little things that I've learned that I never thought of that was more valuable to me than learning how to, how to run mesh out of two by two sets with a free release back. That's exactly it. Uh, you mentioned. Uh, a bit ago, the situational type things. And I know for you, it's it's the base and, you know, third downs that you're going to be in, right? Those are the most important right. things. And then obviously you look at red zone too. So I don't know that I've ever talked to a coach 
who hasn't thought they could do better in situations. Even, you know, every year I, I find who, you know, who's led college football in red zone offense or in third down conversions. And you'll talk to that guy and usually they'll be like, hmm, I didn't think that we were that good on it. We got to get better at those things. So, <laughs> so no one's yeah, ever yeah. satisfied with those situations. So in looking at those areas, I think that's an area where you can identify obviously some some needs there. What's the, the approach that you take in putting together next year's plan for being better in those areas? You know, we all do it, right? Exactly what you said. Oh, man. I mean, usually you don't even have to ask because the head coach will let you know. Right. You guys suck at third down conversion, right? Oh, man, you guys you guys are terrible in the red zone, you know, TD to, TD to field goal percentages. Or you guys don't run the ball, you know. So it's, it's not like it's a secret, right? You know what you're not good at. Right? And so, so same thing, and that's when I got back to uh, that a couple of years ago where it was like, okay, so like at the end of the year, we're never, we're, what, matter, what really matters, right, in the game? First down matters, third down matters, red zone plays matter. And that was about it, right? When you practice, if it matters, then it should be emphasized. So that's when I got out of just like script and plays and just trying to go through the plays and team. So to me, it was like, why if third down is that important to me, why am I not, why am I putting third down my third down game plan in on Wednesday? If red zone is that important to me, why am I waiting until Wednesday or Thursday or you know later in the week? Why am I putting all my base plays, my first and second down first, and 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 not getting into the stuff that really keeps me on the field or scores me points until later in the week? So that's when I started turning to where, yeah, I'm going to put in my base stuff, but I am going to work third down and red zone every day. And then I'm going to also, I'm also going to game plan first down calls, first down calls and make first down calls so that the kids knew that's what, so, cause you know what matters? What matters is what they think is important to you. That's what matters. If it's important to you, it'll be important to them. Okay. If it's not important to you, it ain't going to be important to them. So if you just have one period at the end of middle of practice on Wednesday for 10 minutes. It's okay, guys, here's our third down stuff. Well, you put three practices and you've, you've invested 10 minutes of it, 10 minutes of three days of practice in the third down. They, they, they don't think that's important to you. You have to make it important to them. And they got to know it during practice. Hey, this is freaking third down. What are they doing? We got to have an offensive meeting and talk about third down. And here's what we're putting in. Hey, we got to beat man-to-man coverage. We got to do this. You know, same thing in the red zone. Those are the 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 offensive team meetings to me on what's important. Hey guys, here's our openers. Hey, we make a first down. These are the plays I'm going to. Here's the four plays I'm calling on made first downs. If I make it important to them, then I think it becomes important. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I look at it. We talked a lot about the, the things you could see on film. We talked a lot about the practice side of things. Part that you never really hear anybody have a clinic talk on yet guys continue to evolve in how they do it. And I'm sure if I looked at your meeting room from 2009 to, to the way it looked last year, that there would have been a lot of evolution there. So what things do you look for as a teacher? How do you look to evolve and improve on the way that you're installing things in the, in the classroom periods? And there's so many, you know, and there's a lot of great teachers out there and guys that, that are great coaches. And, you know, nobody's cornered the market on any of that stuff. I think that what you're looking to do is keep growing that way. And to me is as you become a teacher of whatever you're teaching, 
whether it's in a classroom, on a football field, or whatever. There's all kinds of different techniques. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. So, like, I need to game plan. You know, we spend so much time sitting in the office, you know, watching the third down reel, watching the red zone, watching first and ten. Hey, we're going to put in this play. Oh, we got to block this. Oh, here's the blitz pickup. You know, we spend tons of times as coaches in the office, you know, sitting in there and talking about that, right? Do we ever sit in there as an offensive staff and talk about how we're going to teach these kids this stuff as a group? Or is it like, okay, you got it, O-line coach. Okay, go do your deal. Quarterback coach, go do your deal. And so there's like five, there's four or five other guys in that room. They're probably pretty smart. Well, I'm probably smarter than I am, okay? So do we ever talk about, okay, uh, what's our game plan for teaching this in the building? What's our game plan for teaching this on video that maybe the kids take home? All right, building, build. what's the best way we can build a take-home video? And Because with all the stuff these days, there's no excuses anymore. It's not like, because in the old days, you, who had a 16-millimeter projector in their, in their dorm room? Nobody, right? No. But everybody's got an iPad, yeah. right? And there's all these programs, Just Play and Huddle and all this stuff. Okay, well, how do you build that as, as a teaching tool instead of, hey, J- hey Johnny, go watch the uh, last two games that these guys played. He don't know what he's looking at, right? right? He's got to invest the time in, okay, here's what we're going to be. This is our scheme. This is, what, you know, this is our best game plan for these guys. Okay, I think there has to be time invested as a group, all right, as an offensive staff. All right, guys, here's how we need to, t- how, here's how we need to coach this thing, Okay. Here's the drills we need to do. So I'm really big into the drills of a practice are built for success in that practice. So the things I want you working on an individual, okay, the things I want you working on in group are the things we're going to ask those kids to do in that practice. Like we talked about before, because now, you know, kids love instant response from coaches, either they're wrong, good or bad. All right. They want to be told that you need to, you can't wait two days or the next day or the next afternoon during your meeting, right? And so I want to say, look, at, here's how you do it. Here's the drills we're doing to be good at this skill set. Here's how it fits together with a couple other guys. Okay, here's how it fits into the play, all right? So I, so I just think we need to spend more time on that piece of the coaching instead of, like, walking in and, oh, bro, I got, like, 35 great red zone concepts for us right here. Well, that's great. How are we going to coach this shit? I love the technology side of things and how it's evolved. And talking, it's thinking back to a guy who he's he was at Eastern Washington and did a phenomenal job this season. I know he stepped down before the end of the season. There were I'm not quite sure why, uh, but Ian Shoemaker, who's at who's been at Eastern Washington, who's the head coach at Central Washington, and he was here at Baldwin Wallace, my alma mater. And then you know, not long after I, I think maybe a year after he left. I started coaching at BW and then became the offensive coordinator there. But the one thing I loved in going and clinicking with him is he would always talk about that side of things and how he would teach. And one of the things he did now, they, they had changed it. And I can't remember, you know, whether it was like, it, I think it was like PlayStation and it was like NCAA football. And there, there was a time where you could put your own playbook into that. And so what yes. he had done is he put his playbook into that PlayStation and put it in the players lounge and those guys would come in and play the game with all their terminology, their plays. And, you know, I thought that is, is just brilliant. What a great teaching tool, right? Yeah. I don't know why they, they stopped doing that or, or I'm sure you could do those kinds of things nowadays, but 
Yeah, I thought, you yeah. know, get those guys. Those guys love to do that. It's a fun way of doing yeah. it. Heck, I, I liked being able to, to do that as well. And, and, you know, I put our offense yeah. in and we, we played around with it. But, yeah, I think you have to look at what can you do to make your classroom very engaging. Exactly. What are the tools you can use? Is it putting your playbook in Go Army Edge and, and having the having the simulations rather than these, you know, stagnant X's and O's? If you just break it down, right? Okay, you walk into a classroom. I need to teach this guy this information in the classroom, which some guys some guys can learn very well in the classroom. Some guys can't. Right. Right. Everybody's different. Okay, now I need to take them out. I need to show them the skills they're going to need to perform these tasks I gave them. Here's your task, the play. I need to show you the skills that you need. We need to work on the skills. Okay, now I need to take the skills and perform the task. So, like, I always think this. I always think, like, any anything you're doing is the main thing. What do they say? Keep the main thing the main thing, right? Mm -hmm. So don't get off and, and you know, doing things that are that have no bearing of this kid being successful in the tasks you're asking him to do. I've been able to walk around buildings and, and talk to different coaches and been a little different since COVID. But when I was moving my daughter in last year in 2020 at Mississippi State, you know, I went and saw Eric Mealy and he's showing me around the facility and there were quarterbacks in the building at that time. I think it was that weird preseason time when, you know, right. they decided they're going to play ball. We go into the quarterback room and those guys are sitting there with, with uh, the virtual reality goggles on, right? And and everything yeah. they have is is right there and they're in the play. And, you know, I love those kinds of things and being able to see how you can, can be more engaged. And I can tell you, like, there was learning going on in that room. Yes. So you, you have to, I think, you can't say, well, I've always done it this way and I'm just going to draw it up on a board and that's that's the way I learned it because that's not relevant to your players. That's not the way they're learning. So you do have to think about, how do they learn in the classroom? What's going on exactly. you know, around the campus that, that they're being taught a certain way because that's going to apply to how to, to best teach them probably in your classroom. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just like I said. You have so much access to so much information. I want, I want a guy to run a dig route a certain way. I draw it up. Hey, this is a speed dig on the backside of three-man snag, two-man snag, three-man snag, whatever, right? It's not very hard for me to go pull up Hopkins from from Arizona Cardinals running a running a speed dig, right? Right. Hey guys, this is this is you know kids love that shit, right? Right. Here's Hop. Here, this is what I'm asking you to do. Just see how Hop inside release, speed turn, boom, loses ground. You know all that. All that stuff to me is just in, keeps in, keeps your audience engaged. Coach, I want to put the last question here on the the coach and how you get better at what you need to do. The offensive coordinator is the one guy who has to have a good decision-making process. He needs to know how he's, he's going to attack a team. And if you're doing it up-tempo, you're going to have to do it quicker than everybody else and make your decision somewhere probably under 10 seconds. I know we've talked about this, that you like to, on the field, do all your play calling out there. But obviously, we're limited by the reps of the season just like our players are. So, are there any ways or has there been an approach where you've tried to or you have honed your thought processes and the way you're going to go about planning a game and, and you know, what have those been for you? What were those over time 
the things you would do to get better as a, a play caller and making those decisions quickly? Well, I mean, sometimes if you could ask a lot of fans around uh, the places I've been, sometimes they're really good and sometimes they stink, <laughs> my play calling. So, right? I mean, there's no in-between, okay? So, uh, as far as, like, I want to be as comfortable with the offense as, like, I want my kids to be comfortable with the offense. And so, just as they have to practice their skills, to me, right? everybody's different, but to me, I need, I need I'm kind of a linear thinker, right? So I, I, I as I call it, I kind of have to, I kind of have to have a plan. Okay, this is what I'm doing. How are they stopping it? Here's my answer, all right? Or I'm setting, you're setting something up. So whatever your thought process is, right? So I'm trying to build that as many times as I can in, in practice, okay? Where I can call it that, I, I can practice calling the game. That's why I usually call practice off my call sheet, mm-hmm. all right? Because I'm because I'm getting used to my call sheet where things are, you know, kind of, you know, my thought process is I try to call as many drives as I can, all right, and kind of as I if I script as I script things, I want to script them kind of as my my what my thought process would be. So I kind of look at like every drive as its own game plan. Right. Everybody's brain's different, so everybody thinks different. But if I can narrow in on, okay, I'm, li- I'm going to live in this 10 to 12 play world on this drive, then I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I can't, I can't live in a, in a, in a 50 play world. Okay. On a, on a drive. Now you may have 50 plays in your game plan or a hundred plays in your game plan, but I can't live in that on a, on a drive. So I try to, I, I try to practice like, okay, I'm living, I'm going to live in this, in this little end play world right now which, you know, is going to have my man beaters, my zone beaters, my openers is going to have, you know, one or two, one or two of everything I need in this little mini game plan. And I'm going to live in that in this drive. Then the next drive, it may be a different, you know, a, a different uh, thought process or, or or a different group of 10, 10, 12 plays. I'm with you. I, I was the same way. Couldn't live in that, you know, 50 play world or 65, or whatever we had on that call sheet. It was always in between series, there was that mini game plan. Yep. That, okay, here, you know, we get we get a, a first down across midfield. I'm going to this one. You know, I'm third and long. Here's going to be my third and long. Here's my third and short. All those things kind of thought of beforehand. So Exactly. Coach, this has been uh, an incredible season. I know I've enjoyed this, but I've also learned a lot as well. I hope our listeners have taken a lot away from this. I know we've, we've had a lot of good feedback uh, from coaches DMing me on Twitter or – you know, texting me or whatever it might be that they've enjoyed this series and I really appreciate your time it's been a lot of fun I appreciate you for the invite I kept you know you're the only one that kept you're the only one to remind me it was Monday you know when you're not working you don't know what day of the week it is and that goes shit keys calling it must be Monday That's right, right? <laughs> if it's Tuesday it must be Belgium so hey hey well we'll do it some more alright bud well, you have a happy Thanksgiving and, and again thank you for your time alright you too to you and you and your family and all the coaches out there, you guys obviously have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving with your family. and Enjoy your families, please. Happy Thanksgiving, and thank you to all of our listeners. I'm thankful for you. really appreciate your support and you coming back time and time again to listen to all we have to offer here at the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Again, go to glazierclinics.com slash win to register for our sweepstakes, a collaboration with Glazier Clinics, the flight for two hotel rental car to any Glazier city. 
as well as a staff pass. Total package is worth $1,900. Be sure to check that out, glazerclinics.com slash win. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.